since it's Wednesday, I'm thrilled to be joined again by Cruz Ann McCalligan with her audio column. Cruz, hi, welcome back to the program. Hi, good afternoon, Karen. Hello. How are you doing? Good. Like you were here yesterday, and now you're you're here, but you're not actually here today, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm spacing it. I'm spacing my visits out. Yes, you're you're doing the near and far. I am. I'm doing the near and far. And today, mixing it up, keeping people on their toes. Exactly. You know, people have to guess where you are. Um, but today, you're talking about something that um, we've probably all um, experienced at some point in our lives, right? Yeah, well, you'd hope you had, you know what I mean? Because yeah. we're talking about crayons and I think they're quite a magical part or they should be a part of everyone's childhood. Yes, right. I think so too. So in that way, it would make me very sad to know someone didn't have an experience, a crayon experience. A crayon experience. <laughs> <laughs> a crayon experience. So, um, but I have a um, toddler, so crayons are a, a very large part of my life and home decor, apparently. <laughs> Do you mean um, like on the walls and the floor? Yeah, combination, <laughs> combination. The actual items that will be in any corner, you can find them and there is quite a few interesting Cy Twombly-esque drawings on my walls. Lovely, definitely. lovely. <laughs> yes. So I thought we'd, I'd look into them a little bit more because I find them um, really wonderful. And what I think is super interesting about them is that even if um, I get very excited by them, so even though they are obviously, you know, on my walls and floor, um, I, I think they're fantastic. And I can't, I, I find myself sitting down with my daughter to, to start doodling and drawing all the time because it's really hard to walk past a piece of paper and a pile of crayons and not. Right. Exactly. Um, I'm not sure if you feel the same way. Yeah. Um, Actually, you know, it's very funny. I, you know, I, I have three sons who are now adults, but we still have a huge box of random crayons in the house <laughs> for some reason. We don't have colored pencils, but we have crayons. But you have crayons because they're more fun, really. I, I and are so. they are, are they little nub crayons yet? Oh yeah, they're some of them are maybe half an inch long, and some of them are you know almost three inches, like still at their full length. So they're oh, in right. various stages of um, use and brokenness. Oh well, you know that you'll be interested to know they actually have a a name. Those little leftover bits of crayon and it was a name coined by the Crayola crayon company which we're obviously going to talk a lot about because it is the ultimate in crayons and those little bits left over are called leftovers leftovers <laughs> they call them leftovers and um, in 2002 they, the Crayola crayon company actually debuted a crayon maker which allowed children to create new crayons from their cast offs Oh. So there's a lot of there's a global movement to recycle those little leftovers. So wow, I should do that. Them. I you can, should. I can you do can. that while staying at home. <laughs> melt, yeah, exactly. It's a great social distancing activity to just stay at home and melt down your old crayons into new ones. Who knows? <laughs> Um, but it's interesting because crayons do have a, a very storied history and they, we find them um, a very, very long time ago. Um, the first... Uh, the first crayons appeared in Europe and were made with charcoal and oil, but we're not quite sure when. And actually, we see that one source says that Pliny the Elder, who was a Roman scholar, first described the techniques of drawing with wax crayons. But others have said that they even see it in um, this idea of crayons and using kind of color in wax goes back even further than that. And there's some reason to say that it may have been used in ancient Egypt as a way of binding color to stone. 
So oh. kind of the idea of mixing pigments with wax and beeswax to kind of put color on, on stone architecture and things like that. So people were kind of experimenting with this idea for quite a long time. Um, but amazingly, um, uh, they, they, they only really hit their, they, they were never really a successful idea in and of themselves, um, in the way we think. Um, and it's interesting that they ended up being a, a children's product primarily. Um, and there's a couple of reasons for that, which we'll, we'll go through in a minute. Mm. Um, interestingly, in the, um, the history of, of crayons, we, we, the name is a pretty interesting thing, crayon, mm. but the name Crayola itself, um, originally came from the, um, the original people behind the Crayola company who were actually called, um, the Binnies. The it was a company called Binny and Smith. I see. Okay. And, um, Mrs. Binny, um, had a great idea for what to call, um, the company. She decided to call it after the French word cray for chalk and ola for elogenous or oily. And that's how they got the name Crayola. Oily chalk. Okay. Oily chalk, which was actually Alice Binney came up with that. It was one of those things which I know happens in every household around the world where <laughs> a wife is actually the one who's coming up with all the good ideas. Of course. Um, <laughs> um, But of course, so if we think about it, um, they didn't really take, they didn't really take our kind of modern world by storm in the way we think until about 1903 when Binney and Smith made the first box of Crayola crayons. And it was usually, it was originally a response to the need, um, that school children had for art supplies. But we actually see references to this idea of kind of using, um, chalk waxy crayons in, in other things as well in 1495 which is obviously much much longer ago Leonardo da Vinci started using pastels to compose some of his works of art mm. which wasn't quite the same as a crayon and Conte crayons um which were part crayon, part pastel, um, were used for a very long time. And in the 1790s, a lot of artists used these sort of Conte crayons, which are a bit, I guess, a bit richer. They had a bit of a darker pigment, a bit more staying power. Um, in 1813, in the novel Pride and Prejudice, crayons are mentioned. Oh, I don't remember is, reading um, that. I did read Pride and Prejudice, but, you know, maybe I wasn't really paying attention. Yeah. Well, you weren't, weren't paying looking out for the it. references, which is fun. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so, but interestingly, so the, the company itself, um, Crayola is obviously really embedded in popular, com- um, in popular culture. And a lot of the time people associate crayons with the brand Crayola. Um, I love the fact that, um, they started in, in 1903, but by 1948, so about 30, 30, 40 years later, they started in-school teacher workshops to provide instruction to art teachers on how to use the products. And apparently this is something that still happens, which really? sounds unbelievably quaint and it, twee that yeah. someone would come into your school and show you how to use a crayon. That's um, really cute. <laughs> yeah, but apparently that happens. Um, it wasn't until 1958 that they came out with their famous box of 64 brilliant colors, um, which continues from that, that time till now to be a top selling product for the company. Like it doesn't matter all the innovative new types of crayon and crayon, um, play things and paint things. A box of crayons is still a really, um, best selling product for mm. kids. Um, and in one study, 99% of polled households in the U.S. recognize the brand name Crayola. Wow. So it's that's... like right up there with like, I guess, like Coca-Cola and things like that and Nike. Yeah. Um, that's amazing. Yeah, which is quite amazing. Um, interestingly, it's known as having one of the most distinctive smells. 
Yes, the smell of a crayon. That is true. Yeah. Right? Yeah, a Yale University study found that it ranked 18 among 80 recognizable scents to American adults. But actually, the smell that you're smelling is uh, stearic acid, which is a derivative of beef fat. Which oh, okay. is disgusting. <laughs> so that's, um, that's basically added to the batch of crayon mix to give the, the tool its waxy consistency. So that's what that smell is that you're, you're smelling. So beef we, fat. we all know the smell of beef fat. We all know the smell of beef fat, which is never something I thought about, that mm. crayons aren't vegan. You know what I mean? <laughs> and not even, I wasn't, I wasn't thinking about that. I hope bees don't have to die to, you know, in order to, crayons, for crayons to be made. Yeah. I don't, I don't think so. I think it's probably it's a the, byproduct. Just the yeah, I hope, I hope yeah. so. Yeah. In fact, I'm sure they've found an alternative by now. They're a big enough company. Yes. Um, interestingly, um, uh, they, uh, the pop, so they're popularized by this company, Binney and Smith, which created Crayola. And originally, Crayola, um, Crayola boxes of crayons were sold door to door. Um, and, but the problem was they sensed they wouldn't have a lot of long-term appeal with artists because they had poor paper, um, paper adhesion. Hmm. You know what I mean? And you get that feeling like if you've ever tried to really sketch with a crayon, a child's crayon, um, um, compared to like a, a Conte pastel or a pastel, hmm. you'll see what I mean. Like it doesn't have that kind of adhesion to the paper. Yes. Um, so of course it wasn't, it wasn't super popular with artists. Um, but then they thought, well, this would be great to market to children and, um, and educators. And that's when they started selling these little eight packs of Crayola in 1903 door to door for a nickel and the gold medal logo on Crayola packaging which I think is still there is actually refers to a win at the 1904 World Fair in St. Louis for what they called their dustless chalk innovation. Oh. <laughs> Which is like, you know, like, I know there's like reputational marketing. Right. But like dustless 1904. chalk. 1904. Yeah, so that's how they kind of did it. Um, and make, you know, the one of the things that um, always used to annoy me as a child, and I think it still kind of does in my mind, is when people tear the paper off crayons. Oh, you know their little yes. paper wrap. The wrapping. I have. Yep. A, I didn't. I didn't like people taking the paper off my crayons, but of course, children will. It yeah. makes sense. It's quite satisfying. And also, um, but a, the the crayon as you use it um, gets smaller, and then you can't you use it to. because it's in the paper. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, but interestingly, each Crayola crayon used to be hand rolled. So wow. of course now we assume that those, uh, you know, that, that industrial machinery does that, and that's right. Um, but for the company's first forty years, there wasn't any technology like that. So employees had to hand roll each label, oh my goodness. each tiny little label. That's crazy. Um, oh, it's it's amazing. Um, which is especially amazing when we think about how many crayons that they they produce in a year. Which I'm going to find you in a minute, but I don't okay. have a handy right now. A oh, lot, yes, a lot. <laughs> Crayola makes three billion crayons a year. Three billion. Um, enough crayons to circle the world six times. That's a lot of crayons. That is a lot of crayons. That's a lot of crayons. Yeah. Um, uh, also, um, quite uh, so they say that they weren't used by artists, but apparently they do have an interesting intersection with um, modern art in America. So you know the American Gothic painting? Yeah. It's quite famous. It's yes. a farmer and what I used to think was his wife, but apparently it's his daughter. Did oh, you know that? No, I didn't know that. She looks yeah, pretty. Yeah, that couple. She yeah. looks kind of old. He's the one he's holding the pitchfork, right? Pitchfork, yeah. yeah. Have a look mm -hmm. again. I think someone oh, okay. recently read an article that she said, anyway, side note. Uh, anyway, but American 
Egyptian Gothic, which is obviously one of the most recognizable paintings in the world. And its artist might actually be indebted to Crayola because when Grant Wood, the painter, was just 14 years old, he took third place in a Crayola-sponsored drawing contest that offered up to $600 in prizes. And he said that placing in the contest inspired him to continue his art career. Wow, okay. Which I think is adorable. And also, I think, uh, gives a level of um, credibility to any aspiring singer who's entered a competition in a shopping mall. You know what I mean? (laughs) I think, go for it, it right? It's the 10,000 hours. (laughs) It it can lead somewhere. It can lead somewhere. I'm just looking. It can lead somewhere. I just looked up the painting on on the computer and... Yeah, I guess she could be his daughter, but yeah, you know, I always assumed she Who was knows? his wife too. I always assumed it was his wife, but yeah, anyway, uh, food for thought. Um, interestingly, one of Crayola's top employees was ironically colorbar- um, colorblind. Oh. Um, it, was, it was a man called Emerson Moser, and he was with the company for 35 years before he decided to um, let everyone know that he was colorblind. So he said his colorblindness wasn't very severe, but he did have trouble discerning between slight variations in colors. But it didn't really matter because he molded. He was in charge of molding. Okay. He molded over 1.4 billion crayons for the company before he retired in 1990. So um, he wasn't in charge of color selection. He wasn't in charge of color selection, but this is a delicious little detail. Um, Crayola asked him to donate his wax-covered work boots for their Hall of Fame. And I would love to see them. I haven't Googled it yet, but I would love to see what your boots look like after 35 years of working in a a crayon factory. Probably pretty waxy and colourful. Yeah. Um, Interestingly, so there's other things that we we know Crayola colours for, like the fact that they used um, some of them used to smell good enough to eat. You know, they used oh. to do those different kind of scented ones. Yes, yes. With like coconut and cherry mm. and licorice and stuff, but that was really short lived because obviously, which I mean, I think anyone could have seen coming. A lot of children, children tried to eat them. <laughs> <laughs> I remember um, we used to have a, a dog, um, one of our pet dogs, when I was a, a, um, when I was little, and she used to eat our crayons, and we didn't realise. And then um, her poo would come out multicolored. It was hilarious How at the time, lovely, but That's... also revolting. <laughs> it's almost like the fantasy of the unicorn with the rainbow coloured poop. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's exactly that. Um, but there's, but obviously there's, which you know, and pushing the boundaries here, but there are many ways to create art with crayons. Um, okay. And interestingly, um, artist uh, Herb Williams is known as a Crayola loyalist because he, um, he doesn't draw with them, but he buys them in bulk and he melts them down to create these kind of amazing, colorful sculptures. And some of his pieces have required up to 250,000 crayons, which means that he's actually got a private account with the company. <laughs> he's one of the very few individuals who like orders directly from Crayola. Fantastic. Um, yeah. And um, the White House um, loved his work and they actually commissioned several pieces for their permanent collection, which kind of makes sense when you think like creating a piece of modern artwork from a national treasure makes a lot of sense yeah. for a White House art piece. Exactly. Um, Oprah's had her own Crayola crayon. They um, created a one-time variation called the Color Purple and oh. gave it to her on her show. Okay. Noreen yeah. would like that. She would. <laughs> Noreen would love that. So would my daughter, actually. She just wants everything to be purple. purple. Oh. Um but apparently that's not the most popular color. Um, the most popular color uh, in a 2001 poll of 25,000 consumers revealed that Americans are in love with the color blue. Mm. Um, and they like it so much that Crayola, um, Crayola has uh, 
dozens and dozens and dozens of shades of blue, like cerulean, midnight blue, aquamarine, periwinkle, denim, blizzard, all these different ones. Um, but it kind of sounds like quite an obvious thing that Americans would love the color blue. It's like if it's patriotic to be like red, white and blue, yes. white isn't a color. You can't say your favorite color is red because you'd be assumed to be a communist. So <laughs> I guess that's the that only one they blue. have left. That leaves blue. But amazingly, um, they, they discontinued one color in 2017, a color called dandelion. And they were trying to make room for a new color, which is uh-huh. super exciting because you think, oh, are there new colors? Right. But there is. It was, it, it was a, um, a, a color called yinmin blue, which was a vibrant shade that had been discovered by, um, chemists at an Oregon State University. The color was a byproduct of chemical mixing and was formulated completely by accident. And it was wow. dubbed yinmin blue for the elements it included, which Yttrium, indium, manganese, and oxygen, and Crayola named it Blutiful. Oh, that's a nice name. Which, I like that. Yes, which I think is a very appropriate name, really. Exactly. Um, By the way, Cruz, uh, Noreen just sent me a WhatsApp saying, I like that purple, <laughs> color purple. <laughs> <laughs> will anyone have any leftover, leftover colored purple crayons? I'm sure Noreen will take them. Just, just drop them <laughs> off at, at Broadcasting House. <laughs> exactly. Which, you know what? That, that, you know, that's been a, that's been a thing for, for ages. There's lots of, um, national drives for leftover, um, leftover crayons. The largest ever made was made from 123,000 leftover blue crayons collected wow. from children around the U.S. and it weighed a whopping 1,500 pounds and was almost 16 feet long. They oh made goodness. this huge amalgam. That's incredible. Um, this huge giant, yeah. So it's a sustainable. Um, art um, tool. It is, it is a sustainable yeah. art tool. I, I think it is. Um, they say the average child will go through hundreds of crayons in a decade um, and Crayola claims which is obviously maybe a little bit dubious that the average child wears down 720 crayons by their 10th birthday. Wow. Amazing. Yeah, which, you know, I hope still happens, Karen, because yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I so too. You can't measure somebody um, sketching with their finger on an iPad, but you can measure someone exactly. um, and, and, a tiny nub from a crayon. And you can keep those pieces of art forever, just like I've kept for over 20 years these pieces of art, um, pieces of paper with crayon scribblings on them, and I don't, I can't really throw them away. No, it's really hard, isesn't it? I mean, I have dozens and I've only had about a year of art creation. <laughs> I have to get rid of some. I'm like, this is the first time she chose to use green. Right. I'm like, no, I've got to draw a line. <laughs> um, but uh, amazingly, they've also, Crayola have also been involved in some quite interesting sort of social changes as well and made a big impact in, um, in some of the different things they've done. For example, in 1962, they made a really, really bold statement, um, an important statement by changing the name of their flesh colored crayon to peach, mm. um, which was obviously recognizing that like crayons, people come in different colors. There isn't one flesh color. Mm. So I think that's quite impressive that that was something that they did. And they also um, created a set of multicultural crayons for different skin colors in 1992, um, which again, must have been um, quite a powerful thing at the time. Yeah, embracing diversity and, and recognizing that. Exactly. Um, and I have a bunch of quotes we can finish on oh, today. Oh, yes, I'd love them. Before people go and, and everyone's like itching to find a crayon in their yes. house right now. Because I am. I've been doodling with one as I've been going through my notes. Oh. <laughs> um, 
So I hear you. Okay, so I've got a couple of different quotes to, to go through today. Some are not totally related, but they're all right. Okay. And um, the first one is from Alan Klein. He said, your attitude is like a box of crayons that color your world. Constantly color your picture gray and your picture will always be bleak. Try adding some bright colors by including humor and your picture will begin to lighten up. So it's like the crayon mm. box metaphor there. Yes. Um, uh, I, I really like this one from uh, Dr. Sunwolf, who said, give crayons. Adults are disturbingly impoverished of these magical dream sticks. That is a great idea. Next yeah, gift which idea. I think, yeah, actually, I was thinking that, you know, how you never know what to get someone. Actually, giving someone a box of crayons would be an absolute delight at any age. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, great point. A new box of crayons. Um Robert Fulgham said, we could learn a lot from crayons. Some are sharp, some are pretty, some are dull, while others bright. Some have weird names, but they've all learned to live together in the same box. Oh, which is delightful. Nice. And the last one is just a bit thought-provoking from Marilyn Manson. <laughs> Marilyn Manson, okay. It doesn't strike you as someone who's ever spent time with a crayon, but of course he has because he's a human being like the rest of us. That's true. And he said, leave me in a room with some crayons and I'll draw on the wall. <laughs> he, he's never really grown up. He's still a child. No, yeah. no, I don't think anyone ever does when they see a couple of crayons. No, and it is so tempting to draw on walls with crayons. I don't know what it is, but it's just, <laughs> walls just beg for it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's why I can't get angry whenever I see my daughter do it. I'm like, I hear you, honey. Yeah, I hear you. exactly. Well, Cruz, this, this has been so interesting. It's so educational as usual. Thank you so much again for sharing all that, that anyone could ever want to know about crayons. <laughs> Anytime, Karen. Okay, well, have a great afternoon. Talk to you again soon. See you. Bye. And Cruz McCalligan there with her weekly audio column this time about crayons. Here's a song from Ex-Ambassadors before we wrap up the show.